please confirm if you can with a thumbs up, a high five, a thank you, Jesus, <laughs> a Holy Spirit salute, a something. If you can hear me, that would be wonderful to get that correspondence. We go live on this platform, live on everything. Yep, yep, yep. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, I think we are just about ready to get started. Let me uh, make sure I have posted the links on every platform. Um, take a look real quick at Instagram. Our Zoom link. We are not doing that. Uh-oh. Okay, three days ago. Hmm. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. God. All right. Um, let me post this. Sorry for the background audio. Join us. Put a score on that, and we should be good to go. All right. Let me not waste too much time. Hallelujah. Hit record. Okay, I'm good. I want to make sure I have space with my computer for recording. And I do. Awesome. Hello, everyone. I am not perfectly centered. Let me fix that real quick. I think this is much better. Jeez. Okay. Hello, everyone. Good. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Trust you're all doing amazing. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Hallelujah. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Um, Yes, what an eventful weekend it was. For me, it was, that's for sure. Oh my goodness, I had so many, um, so many things happen over this weekend, which is funny because I, I was barely out all weekend long. I was in my apartment most of the time, aside from going to the cave and going to church. Um, but there were so many things happening online, so many ministrations. Uh, we had a wonderful meeting on Saturday, and I'm so grateful for that. We had another wonderful meeting Saturday evening as well. Also grateful for that. Another wonderful meeting Sunday morning. Grateful for that. Okay, I think Sunday evening was my least eventful, even though I was working overtime to get a few projects ready. But um, let's dig in. We are um, currently, um, this is Word for Now. Um, all of y'all know what this is. Pastor Francis Seabor is the usual host of this program. And he's asked me to, um, by the mercy and grace of God, bring forth some measure of the gifts of Christ, um, that the Lord will have mercy on me to deliver. And I'm really trusting the Lord to break out in our hearts and in our minds in a fresh new way. Um, please, um, if whoever, you know, the Lord would assign to do this, um, please pray for uh, the ministry that we would keep on aligning the way we have. Because as we keep on going into this topic, you're going to see that many of the things that happen in the cave are not um, by accident and they're not by human design. And the reason why that is worth praying for and you know, by the mercy of God stewarding is because we don't want to get into a place of um, mechanical operations. We don't want to get to the place where we figured out how God works and we have systems in place that don't lead to us seeking the Lord, but that lead to us guessing what he wants to do. Does that make sense? Um, you want to have, you want to, you know, follow the Lord so you can trace out his movements, but only with the intent of being able to continue following the Lord, not with the intent of not needing to follow the Lord anymore. There's something about sin that's so painful in that it's always looking for how to stop following Jesus. Amen. Sometimes it does that through righteousness. Sometimes it does that through, through sin. Amen. You just need to make, I mean, it's always through sin as a truth. I mean, I mean, I don't just mean like evil sin. I mean, like the sin of not following the Lord, basically. But I want to also, you know, point out the fact that the enemy can just use your ju justification for where you're at to say you don't need to seek God anymore. Hallelujah. I want to, before we start, though, I want to give room for questions. Does anyone have any questions from last week? Um, um, I'm saying this, um, throwing the floor open because I know that this topic is one that um, um Maybe people might feel uncomfortable about. I've been looking about stuff, looking up stuff online. I've been looking up stuff online, and I've been seeing that many people are having prophetic fatigue, and they're not very comfortable with ministries that are founded on prophetic, on the prophetic, amen. 
And while I do believe that we should not base our ministries purely on prophetic words, but we should build our ministries upon the revelation of Jesus Christ, it is important that we also understand that the nature of the revelation of Jesus Christ is prophetic by nature. What I mean by the revelation of Jesus Christ is the scriptures, amen? And the scriptures by nature are prophetic. In other words, the scriptures are meant to lead us to more unveilings of the scriptures. The scriptures should not take us away from the scriptures. The scriptures should take us to the scriptures. And all prophetic scripture should take us to the scriptures. And the scriptures should take us also to the prophetic. Amen. So I'm saying this in case you feel like what we're doing. Um, you, you, you're thinking here that isn't this too prophetic leaning in one direction? And this, and I want you, you know, I want to have, I want, I want to know that if you have those questions, I want to give you liberty to ask those questions because as we go on, we want to make sure that everyone understands that we are not just pulling things up out of our butts. Amen. These things are scriptural. And what we mean by scriptural here is that if you check every single slide, you're going to see scriptural references to every single thing. Maybe one or two don't because they were current events. Amen. But please understand that everything we're doing, um, um, we are establishing everything on scripture. And how, how fitting that is, because this is literally word for now, right? So I want to make sure that everything is founded on the word. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and all that you have for us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you help us out. Um, you're the one that helps us. Help us out, Lord God. But we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being clear. But we thank you for clarity. Help us, Lord God. Help us out, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord God, so that we can align the way we ought to align in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in. Um, last week, we went really far. Um, in our um, prophetic perspective on the season that we're in, um, we traced out some of the core themes. You know, the numbers, the, the sevens were a reoccurring um, theme. Um, doors were reoccurring themes. The number four, uh, which in Hebrew um, is, you know, represented by the Hebrew letter delet, the fourth letter. Um, gates, keys, um, tabernacles. Um, um, houses, buildings, cities. Um, these are themes you're going to find reoccurring. Um, revelation, wisdom, light, and the Jewish feasts. Basically, in this season, you're going to be having a lot of discussions revolving around these themes. Amen. And when I say lots of discussion, I'm talking about heavenly discussions. Amen. What heaven will be ministering to us in this season is going to be revolving around a lot of this. So um, don't be surprised if you keep on seeing these things reoccurring as we go on throughout the 5784 door, this presentation. Hallelujah. So uh, we went through the Dalit door. We went through um, the Philadelphian door. Hallelujah. We went through the Revelations 4 door. We went through um, the Feast of Tabernacles door. We went through um, Nissan's door. And we went through the Isaiah 45 door. Um, we went through the, um, the door opened by the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And I think we stopped right about here because the next place is the signs in the sky with a meteor shower. Hallelujah. But just for context, again, quick refresher. Um, we explained that um, in Hebrew years, when you're looking at Hebrew years, there, um, usually the prophetic significance of a Hebrew year is captured in the last significant digit. Um, when you have a zero as your last digit, the last significant digit is the decade that you're in. So, for example, when we had the Hebrew year 5780, um, the last significant digit was not zero. It was the eight. But it, because um, 80 was a decade, um, the Hebrew letter pay, uh, which speaks about the open mouth, was what we had captured in 2020. And I mentioned how funny that was that 2020 was the year that we all put a guard over our mouths, amen? Usually you see a prophetic fulfillment of the things captured there or a literal satanic opposition to what the scripture is saying or to what the prophetic voice of the Lord is saying, amen? Hallelujah, the Bible said that God, you know, in times past spoke um, in different times in various ways to our fathers about the prophets, amen? So in each time and season, God is saying something, hence the term word for now. And the Hebrew, um, significant letter or number for this year is a number four and four um the dalet um in hebrew speaks of an open door and that's a major emphasis you're going to be finding throughout this period 
It is the doorway, the opening, the entrance. And you know what you use to open doors? Keys and major emphasis on the Philadelphian door. What you're going to discover is that the way that you enter many of these doors practically in reality is by specific virtues highlighted this season. One of them is the key of brotherly love. What do I call the door brotherly love? Hallelujah. And it's by you practicing brotherly love in this season, you're going to find yourself having a lot of access. Amen. Another one is a Revelation 4 door. Amen. And it's an intent, intentional response to the voice of the Lord in this season, which has come up hither. So this looks like you prioritizing the things of God this season, prioritizing the agenda of God this season, choosing to abandon distractions this season. Okay. You're going to see that captured in Revelation 4 door. Then in Tabernacles door is the emphasis, right, on the Jewish feasts. Um, I explained last week that we have actually two, two feasts, okay, that were um, kind of the topic of concern. The first one is the Tabernacles. Technically, it's the, it's the fall feasts in general, which are Rosh Hashanah, um, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. And that is one door here. There is another door on the other side is the Feast of Nisan. Um, and these two doors, okay, um, Tabernacles or the Fall Feast and Nisan or the Spring Feasts, all right, they form a timeline of seven months, okay? And in that period of seven months, there's going to be releases from heaven, amen, that we are meant to take advantage of as a community. We're meant to take advantage of as the body of Christ, amen? And um, I explained that the things that will be found, will be finding available already available to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is, you know, there's no time or there's no season for, for lack of better words, I would say observing a feast and moons is not going to make your Christian life better. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, if you, if you do them in a old Testament shadow sense, hallelujah. But because we understand that the events that take place on the earth have been mapped out. All right. Around these feast days. All right. People in world economic centers, they know this, they know, that every seven years, specifically kicking off after Rosh Hashanah, things happen on the earth. This is not religious. This is border, almost borderline secular. Amen. And when we say secular, we mean that um, it, it's almost accepted as an institution that functions here on the earth. You can claim ignorance of it, but people who are wise, wealthy people, you know, um, people that don't have money, people that don't have power, people that don't have any say over thousands of lives, all right, Ex exceptions are celebrities, they can pretend that there is no spiritual realm, amen? They can pretend like God is not real. They can pretend like Satan is not real, amen? But there's a level of governance, a level of influence you get to. Those jokes, those games, you can't play those games anymore, amen? People that own oil rigs, that own vessels, right, that deal with, you know, high level logistics, they know that if you're setting up an oil rig, you need to have priesthood performed over that thing. If you have a vessel going across the ocean, you need to offer offering, you need to make offerings either to the sea god, the sea deity, or to Yahweh, amen, you have to make sacrifices. There is no question about this in these arenas. We only have these arguments, you know, um, in our little circles that, um, you know, where, where you have atheists debating each other and they're usually funded by some of the people who are paying um, um, these offerings to these entities. Amen. What I'm saying here is that these things we're describing here are not hocus pocus spooky things. They are standardized. Every seven or every 14 years, you have this clock that keeps on resetting. Okay. And it's the Jubilee system. Hallelujah. It's a seven-year system. It's a number seven at play. It's a number seven by seven, which is 49, which is 50 at play. And you're going to see a lot of that as we keep on going, okay? This is a recap. It's interesting because Nissan means um, the door of flight or the exodus or deliverance or the way of escape. Hallelujah. So you, here you have tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? The Fall Feasts, all right? And we explained, I've explained before that um, the tabernacle is a door, a portal, into the realm of God, okay? Here you have one door that takes you to the realm of God and another, another door of deliverance, all right? And in between that is seven months, hallelujah. And during those seven months, you can expect the gates of brass to be broken and the bars of iron to be cut asunder. You, you can expect crooked places to be made straight. We are meant to participate or join hands of the Lord in doing this. And the intentional end goal is that there is going to be revelation 
um, um, uh, an, an influx of, of incredible revelation in this season. This speaks about prophetic giftings. This speaks about revelational teachings in the church. This speaks about the hearts that were, 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 were unilluminated and darkened and brash becoming illuminated. Hallelujah. And people discovering the hidden riches of the secret places of the Most High, right? Alongside with this revelation comes authority because whenever Christ is revealed, there is authority that is assigned. And these are represented by kingdom keys. I believe it's right about here I stopped. I believe it's right here I stopped. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. And our theme scripture for this part here is Matthew 16, 17 through 19. I'm just going to jump in here. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. I say to you, you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church. Look at this. Okay. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. I say to you, you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Okay. Now, here we have something very interesting. Okay. Christ is saying, On this rock, I will build my church. Okay. And he's making reference to the revelation as the rock. All right. It's very, very difficult for us to not see this whole thing about a rock and building, right? And not tied it to um, what happened with Jacob when he was running away from his brother and he took a rock and he put his head on it, okay? When he put his head on that rock and he slept off, he had a dream and he saw a ladder ascending into heaven and angels of God ascending and descending, amen? And when he woke up from that encounter with, with Almighty God, he said something, oh my goodness, I did not know how dreadful this place was. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Hallelujah. Let me open that scriptures in Genesis 28. Genesis 28 from verse 17. Let's start from verse 16. Um, the Bible says here that Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gates of heaven. This came after resting on a rock. And Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. Amen. This rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Who is the portal upon which angels of God as ascend and descend. Jesus said this himself in the book of John chapter one, the very last verse. Jesus said, because I said to you, um, of, let me just read from verse 51. As surely I say to you, you shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Very similar to Jacob's dream and vision. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church, my tabernacle, hallelujah, my ecclesia, my house. And look at this. I explained before that the house of God is the gates of heaven. Amen. He says this, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there is a warfare of gates. So basically, when one gate is opening up, all right, hallelujah, which is the gate, right, of the house of God, the gates of heaven, when the gates of heaven are open up, Satan is always trying to open up his gates as well, the gates of Hades and hell. This is why when Jesus shows up in the book of Revelation, he declares that he is um, the one that has the keys of death and hell. We see this in Revelations chapter 1 verse 18 i'm gonna read that real quick i am he who lives and was dead behold i am alive forevermore and i have the keys of hades and of death hallelujah so we're gonna go back to our little presentation there previous page okay so christ is revealed all right and this revelation of jesus christ all right uh, um, um, um opens up something upon our lives all right and this thing that's opened up over our lives amen it gives us authority, right, over the gates of hell. So going back to that scripture, okay, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Look at this. Why? Because I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth, you're meant to bind those gates of hell, amen, and death, will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth, amen, which should be the gates of heaven, hallelujah, will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. So this is a season where Christ reveals himself. And as a consequence of that revelation, we come into authority, authority that comes from revelation. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ to us, the revelation of who we are in Christ. Remember Jesus Christ said to him, 
because flesh and blood don't reveal this to you, I'm going to give you your new name, which is no longer Simon Barjona, but Peter, amen, which is a chip of the old block, Petros, hallelujah, from Petras. I believe that's the, the right Greek word, amen, the revelation of who you are, revelation of identity, that is coming in this season, and wisdom strategies, amen, for binding and loosening, or for opening and shutting, Hallelujah. Speaking of opening and shutting, the emphasis on the gates of hell not prevailing requires that some gates be shut. And we've already, you know, gone in some of those scriptures. We read in Revelation 1:18, where Christ said, I have the keys of death and hell. But those are not the only keys that Jesus Christ said that he had. He said in Revelation 3 from verse 7 through 8, he says, I am he who has the key of David. Hallelujah. So when Christ Jesus is being revealed to us, the key of the house of David, amen, comes with it. What is, the, what is the house of David? What does that mean? He's speaking about the tabernacle of David, amen? That is a kind of structure and edifice, hallelujah, that is basically centered on ministering to the Lord, amen? So basically in this season, just trailing everything I've said so far, okay, from um, the first part, we are meant to come into kingdom authority, amen, as a consequence of the revelation of Jesus Christ that's going to be hitting us this season, amen? Hallelujah. One of, um, of the keys we'll be receiving this season, amen, is going to come to us through worship, amen? That is the key of the house of David, hallelujah. And upon the Lord revealing himself in the place of worship, hallelujah, we get the keys of the kingdom of heaven by which we also get the keys of death and hell for the purpose of shutting that what no one can open and opening what no one can shut. Hallelujah. That is a clear reference. Um, um, Revelations 3 from verse 7. Let's open that again. When Jesus Christ said here, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. If you remember, that's a quick throwback also um, to the whole thing about the Cyrus gate, right? I will break open... Um, the bars of iron and cuts asunder, um, sorry, break the gates of brass and cuts asunder the bars of iron. Hallelujah. Look at this. I will open before you the double doors. This is Isaiah 45, verse 1. I will open before you the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. Hallelujah. So the, these are things we are declaring for this season. These are things we can expect this season. These are things we should be pursuing this season. Amen. What are we pursuing? Hallelujah. We're pursuing brotherly love. Hallelujah. And the consequences of that in, 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 in our lives. Hallelujah. We are pursuing, hallelujah, spiritual, when I say spiritual alertness, spiritual affinity, um, spiritual priorities. Amen. We are setting our affection on things above. We are coming up hither. Hallelujah. We are keeping a very clear eye out. Amen. For this gate. Amen. Beginning um, in September this year. And running up until about, um, what, what, um, I'll say like March, April, that's when Nissan happens. Um, usually the time referred to as Easter, amen? Um, that's, that's a term that we, we used to refer to that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the gates of revelation and the gates of throne room worship. Hallelujah. Now, the emphasis on the gates of hell not prevailing is very important in this season because of the the will i say like the a, a spiritual principle i keep on seeing happening all right and it's in first corinthians chapter 16 from verse 9 amen let's jump there real quick first corinthians 16 from verse 9 look at what paul said a great and effective door has opened unto me and there are many adversaries hallelujah now um i'm going to switch gears real quick to talking about the signs in the sky that happened over the last few months, amen? And the reason I'm doing this is not so that we can become stargazers, amen? Not so that we can become people that observe signs in the sky, amen? Um, I'll explain what happens with signs in the sky so that we can um, understand how we balance scripture properly, amen? So um, whenever God makes a decision on something, amen? It starts off as counsel deep in the heart of God, amen? And it begins to precipitate downwards, all right? And on its way downwards, it goes through several realms where God's intentions are discussed and thoroughly examined by several courts, okay, in the heavenlies on its way down. Now, God expects different members of the ecclesia 
at different stages of maturity, all right, to be present at those court sessions to approve or veto the plans of God. Our presence in those courts is our approval. Our absence in those courts is our dismissal. Does that make sense? And all of these things, on as they're precipitated on their way down, all right, the end goal is that these policies, these events that will be taking place, will be deliberated. How exactly they should take place, all right, is going to be negotiated in those courts. If the ecclesia is not present, then things are going to take place many times in ways that we do, which would not be in our favor. Not because it is agreed upon in the heavenlies, but because the forces uh, um, that would, that would um, basically, when the Lord... Um, releases something when you are not ready for the coming of the lord you are usually in a very bad state you never want to have the lord come on the earth through his word amen through any manifestation and you are not found waiting for the lord to open the door for him amen hallelujah why because the lord is a king it's just that simple the lord is a king there is no getting around the fact that god made the universe and he designed protocols and if you break those protocols you are actually damn you're, 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 you're fighting against the systems that are put on the earth. And when you do that, creation will fight against you because you are rebelling against the creator. Amen. God doesn't have to fight against you. God doesn't have to punish you. God doesn't even have to judge you. Amen. You are going to be engulfed with your own folly by whatever distractions that you had. Hallelujah. Um, I'll stop right there and not say anything um, any further than that. But um, let me keep on going with explaining precipitation. When it has gone through every single layer, right, of the different court systems in the heavenlies, amen, right before it touches the earth, if there is no veto for or against it by the ecclesia, usually what happens, is, and this takes place a lot of times, is that um, it is then broadcasted in the sky. It's almost like the headlines or breaking news of heaven, amen? And usually when it's bad news, that's when you see it's in the sky most of the times, amen? Alerting everyone. It's kind of like what's happening in Israel between Israel and Palestine. Before Israel began to bomb the Gaza Strip, they released a lot of little flyers telling the Palestinians, leave Gaza now, leave Gaza now. We are targeting terrorists. We do not want you to be a, um, a, a victim of collateral damage, right? Or what there's a term I heard that in the Israeli, Israeli government practices, which is that before they bomb a building, do something called a knock. They, they first of all launch a weak missile that knocks on top of a building, letting that people in that building know that we are going to bomb this building now. Amen. Someone would say, why is Israel sending warning shots if they want to destroy Hamas? And the reason why is because um, the goal is to destroy Hamas's um, infantry, not infantry, sorry, military weapons, basically. And um, basically, um, by the knock, you give enough time for people to evacuate. Once people are done evacuating, the building comes crumbling down. If you stay in the building and you die, well, you're, you're going to fuel the propaganda that we find spreading all around the world right now. And um, I'm very sure um, there's people that are very passionate on both sides of this propaganda. But we are believers and we don't allow that emotion to get to us. Amen. Not because we're blind to the emotion of people who are suffering. Amen. We intercede because right now, actually what should be happening right now is that believers should be interceding for everything that's happening right now. Um, especially those who are hurting, both on the Israeli and Palestinian side, but we're praying, what we should be praying for is that the gospel can slip in, in the midst of all of this chaos. I explained this last week, that when you see chaos like this happening, um, usually when you see chaos like this happening, it's reminiscent of when Moses was born and there was a slaughter of so many young children, right? So many innocent children, or when Jesus Christ was about to be born, right? And there was a slaughtering of the innocents. It was called the massacre of the innocents, according to um, you know historical records. Um, um, it's important that when we see things like that happening, we're able to discern the signs of the times and acknowledge or at least understand that something is being born right now, right now, right now, right now. And it's funny how there's this time gate that we're in right now, right between um, the fall feast and the spring feast, and it lasts for about seven months. And you're going to see. Um, these things that are being birthed, once they have successfully been birthed and they haven't been killed during the slaughter of the innocents, what you usually find happening is that there's a period of silence when it looks like, oh, nothing really happened during that chaotic time. It was just chaos. It was just wickedness. And then several years later, you find a Moses rise up or you find a Jesus rising up. Hallelujah. I look forward to what be rising up as a consequence of this season. Amen. So many adversaries. So, um, um, I mentioned that there's going to be signs in the skies, and these signs in the skies are usually declarations, right, of the results 
of the court sessions that are taking place in the heavenlies. Usually when they're negative, they manifest visually in the sky. Amen? Like eclipses. We're going to get into one of those, right? Like um, 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 asteroid, meteor showers. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're evil, okay? This one it happened in August, July, August this year. I personally believe it was horrible. Um, I believe that there was a gate of darkness that um, was opened up during that period of time. But it was interesting because it came as a spray, all right, of, of like basically arrows in the sky, the per Perseus meteor shower. Do, you know, do your due diligence and look it up online. You can do that right now on your phone if you have your phone nearby and take a look at the, at the visuals there, all right? And it's going to be very striking the similarity between what happened that period of time and what happened just about a month or two later on during the bombing of Israel by Hamas. Okay, these were signs, all right, of waves of warfare. And I noticed that during that season as well, while many Christians were affected and hurt, right, by what happened during that season, at the same time, many Christians were fasting and praying like madmen, like no man's business. People were on their watch, watching over what was taking place. Hallelujah. And basically, this is the mirror effect. As there were asteroids raining from the sky, a few months earlier, almost like a knock, like the warning system I mentioned before, or the knocking system that Israel practices um, before they bomb buildings. That literally happened a few um, weeks later. And it's interesting because this happened on the 7th of October. All right. It, it's just fascinating the number of sevens revolving around this season. Because this happened on the 7th of October. All right. And it happened right after the seven day Feast of Tabernacles. That went from September 29th to October the 6th, all right? And it happened on the 50-year anniversary, 50, if you understand how Jewish people can, um, you know, take, um, 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 map out the significance of numbers, you know, 15 means two sevens, or seven to the power of two, which is 49 a day later on is 50. So two sevens here. So you have seven, the 7th of October, right after the seven-day feast, right after the, the, the seven-squared anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, amen? What you find, it's just insane, amen? Um, it's this collusion of a lot, lot of sevens. And basically, when all this happened, when I saw all of these things, what came to mind was 2017. I shared this before last week. That I just remembered how many things happened in 2017 that were so prophetic. That was when we had the, the son of the virgin, the woman with the son, the woman um, carrying a, a child, um, the star of Benjamin. So many things happened in 2017 that were just insane, amen? And, and we're having many of these things happening right now. And there's many more that are scheduled for next year. If you check the prophetic headlines, things that are being broadcasted right now, they are not very encouraging what's going to be happening over the next few days. That said, in this window of time, this seven-year window of time, if you, child of God, you mount up, climb on your watchtower, right? And you go through all of these gates, the gates of brotherly love, right? The gates of coming up hither, right? All of the gates that have been mentioned so far, if you respond accordingly to all of these gates, you're going to find yourself equipped for the days ahead, equipped with wisdom strategies, equipped with the right convictions in your heart, amen, equipped with revelational insight into what's happening on the earth, okay? Hope all this is making sense. If it's not making sense, please let me know, okay? Um, the reason why I'm pointing this out here is because um, this was actually... Um, interesting because this happened right after the Feast of Tabernacles, which speaks about an open door. Excuse me. And right after that, you find gates of hell trying to bomb and blast Israel. Hallelujah. What is interesting is that Israel's response to um, Hamas's attack is a literal mirror for the church. This is how we're meant to respond to every single gate. Of, of hell that is open. We are responding with the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are responding with the spoken word. We are responding with the revelation of Jesus Christ, with the spoken word, with the keys of death and hell to bind. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. Amen. Practically, what does this look like? Hallelujah. This looks like you are digging into your prophecy cache and you're pulling out what the Lord has said concerning that issue. And you are not sparing yourself in the place of fervent prayer. You are not sparing yourself in the place of a fervent declaration, a fiery declaration. You are releasing the word of God and you are spraying it in the sky. Hallelujah. Keep in mind that what is happening here is a potential precursor to World War III. Amen? Just keep that in, just keep that in your mind, okay? All right, I explained the principle of celestial court ver verdicts, right? 
how God's word, what he plans to do, right? It precipitates downwards and goes through several court systems before arriving on the earth. This year, we had two solar eclipses and two lunar eclipses, all right? The first, we had a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse that happened early on this year in April and in May, all right? And we had one happen seven days. We had a solar eclipse arrive seven days. It's just clicking now, seven days after Hamas's attack on Israel. Isn't that another seven right there, beloved? Immediately after the seven-day thing, um, this um, eclipse happened, we had a lot of prof um, prophets come open and tell us that actually what happened in Hamas was actually a precursor for many, many other nations in the world. My goodness, I saw something that looks scary just now. And um, it was an indication of the fact that um, what was breaking out upon, um, upon Israel, many Western countries and Israel, you know, Israeli allies might suffer the same fate if they are not careful, okay? Um, and the reason why, in case you haven't studied this up, well, the reason why Israel was not able to respond to the terror attacks that took place from Gaza was because Israel was actually responding to um, another terrorist group um, by the West Bank up north. And that intentional distraction um, made um, Netanyahu disregard the supposed intelligence about a projected attack um, during that time. Also, it came right after a feast day when people are celebrating it's a religious and sacred time. This is not the first time that um, um, Israel's enemies have done this before. They like trying to attack Israel during feast days. They literally like doing that because the, the hope is that they can catch them unawares. And they always lose, um, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to see it. Amen? <laughs> okay, so very interesting is also something I discovered about like many tech events. I discovered that um, Apple's um, um, October event, a surprise October event by Apple, took place October 28th, um, I believe, am I saying that right? Or oh, 30, October 30, I think is the day, right after the lunar eclipse, all right? And that same day, I remember that same day of the lunar eclipse, there was a 60-minute video on child geniuses, all right? Now, the window, the portal that opened up there um, during that period of time, everything I've said now is about different things happening, okay? The meteor shower, I believe, was a precursor to what's happening in Israel against Hamas, but I also believe very strongly that, that meteor shower was attacking leadership in the body of Christ. That's one. Two, the one that happened with the lunar eclipses, the, the solar eclipses, I personally believe that that has to do with nations, with sheep nations in particular. Okay, that's number two. And then number three, the lunar eclipse, I strongly believe that that has to do with children. Amen? The seed, the future generations. Okay? And I know this for several reasons about this time. Last year, we had something very similar happen with the death of the queen. As soon as the queen died, we got a very strong prophetic word. I had lots of prophetic dreams. A friend of mine was having dreams as well. And the Lord instructed her, told her that, hey, the Lord is attacking Gen Z right now. You need to mount up um, some kind of defense mechanism against them. And the Lord gave us the wisdom of a surprise worship warfare that was held um, at the cave. This was about the same time last year, roughly the same time last year, right around the, the period of the fall feasts. We had something similar happening this year, targeting children as well, okay? Um, and that's when we got that prophetic word in Psalms 127, verse 3. I have that showing up later on about um, the Lord fortifying your gates, okay, which is where elders sit. Our elders, our leaders, they sit at the gates. And the Lord is fortifying those gates, and then he's also blessing our children within, all right? And that speaks of that kingdom of, um, that um, spirit of Elijah dynamic of the fathers and the sons and how the enemy is going to be trying to attack um, fathers, those who fortify and strengthen the gates, and the children, those who are protected by the gates within, all right? That was what I believe in many, many ways was a target um, of the lunar eclipse, all right? And I, I mentioned the Apple event, not because, um, well, I'll just say, say it very simply. I've discovered that many of these tech companies, you know how I said before that the only people that think that spiritual things are... Um, are spooky and what else and that god is not real people that think about it that believe actually believe atheism that actually believe that spiritual things are not real or serious people that have those belief systems if you check they don't they're not people that are their influence is very well how do i say this now they're either puppets of a principality or they have literally no governing power whatsoever that's the truth because if you have any authority crossing a specific threshold, you have to acknowledge, in fact, pay obeisance to specific entities. 
if you are not submitting to Yahweh, you will bow down to these entities, whether you like it or not. That is the truth. Unless you're a puppet. There are puppets that seem to go on, uh, unchecked by these entities. And that's simply because there's a lot of parameters there. And I, I won't get into that right now. But the truth is that apart from these puppets, every other individual knows you have to pay obeisance to these forces. Okay? All right. So I'm saying this because I discovered that over the years, I would get dates, watch dates while praying. And God would tell me, watch on this specific day. And it would be very interesting. I remember the first day I got one, Apple released the new Apple Watch. I remember that day I was like, huh, God gave me a watch day. And that watch day is the day that Apple's received the Apple Watch. What the? And it didn't click onto when I began to notice that many music musicians, they release albums on watch dates. Movie trailers are released on watch dates. I remember um, uh, the one for last year, the Wakanda Forever movie trailer, the um, Avatar, the Avatar movie trailer. I remember that period of time. The emphasis was on Mami Water, like um, the king, uh, these people, ocean, water people, mermaids and whatever, water kingdom people, okay? The emphasis, they wanted to target um, is demons, whatever, doesn't matter what, what name we give them, right? But they were the ones that were specifically targeted and they were targeting children. And, you know, there were visual representations of that attack with, I mean, visual representation, very clear ones too with things. I mean, God is showing us these things and then we see a movie trailer that is illustrating what God is showing us. We didn't, we didn't watch the movie trailer before God, God, before God spoke to us. We, we heard what God said and we're like, wait a minute, who gets what I'm saying? And this is not happening once or twice or three times or four times or five times. This is like a consistent thing. Almost every year this happens, almost every single year, I, ha I, I get to see at least one or two of these. Amen? Um, last year, I mean, it was Wakanda Forever. It was Ava Avatar, The Way of the Water. If you check both of those movies, they dealt extensively with water. Namor, like me, um, the villain in the Black Panther movie, he was a water king and they worshiped the sea serpent. Um, in Avatar, Way of the Water, it was all about preserving aquatic life. <laughs> oh, children of God, may we not be naive. I'm telling you. Like, it's so interesting how you can be a child of God. You go watch these movies. You just keep on living your life. And they're telling you to your face that we are coming for your children. And you don't know. That's what's so scary. They can tell it to your face. They can even put signs in the sky. They, they can do everything possible and unless someone spells it out for you in, in literal English, you can successfully evade wisdom in a season. Who understands what I'm saying? Amen? Jesus Christ told the Pharisees, because you miss the day of your visitation, your house has been left to you desolate. This will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm, I'm urging everyone here to not treat these things as trivial, but to recognize the significance of all of these dates. Please, if what I'm saying is confusing, let me know. My goal is not to come up as confusing or sound deep or who gets what I'm saying, amen? The goal is to communicate. I have a way I communicate, amen? There's a way I think also. I'm doing my best to be as accessible as possible, but if I do not realize that I'm not communicating effectively because you're not telling me I'm not, I would think you're absorbing what I'm saying. So please let me know, okay? All right, we're moving forward. I don't think you're going to waste my time by asking me to explain what I've said. Now, if you just joined us now and you don't understand, of course you would not understand what I'm saying because you're joining me at 8.53 p.m. Hallelujah. Okay, so moving right along. In the cave, my goodness, the cave was like, I'm not using this to brag on our community, but I did realize a lot of synergy with what was happening in our local community and what was happening, like, as far as, like, spiritual activity, right? Worldwide, global spiritual activity, okay? The period of seven months that I mentioned was about, you know, detailing seven months of revelation. Guess what the theme of our... Now, some of these things are not going to make a lot of sense now. I'm going to play, not now, because we're out of time. I'm going to play, next week I will, play specific dreams and encounters from other prophets, from other ministries, you are going to hear what they have to say. You're going to hear them speak. You're going to hear them talk for themselves. And they're going to share with us some of these things I'm talking about, but in their own way, in their own unique ways, okay? And you're going to see how much synergy. Do you know that this whole thing with, um, with, with Hamas, the strike and everything? You know, in the cave, we practice tabernacles with Israel, all right? I think I explained this. I explained this last week, right? Yes, I did. When I explained that the Feast of Tabernacles 
um, is also called the Feast of the Open Book. And in the cave, we did not have any meeting that week. We all stayed. And that, that's one. Okay. That was a period. It was a rest day. It was a long Sabbath, of, a Sabbath of seven days. That's one. Two is a Feast of Tabernacles. And it's called the Feast of Booths. And that's when all of Israel, they leave their permanent homes and they move into temporary dwelling places. If you're in the Kevadulam community, you know what happened this period. We literally had a worship communion that day, the day of the beginning of the Feast of Tabernacles. Amen. We literally, we, you know, it literally happened on that day and we moved into a booth. And it's so funny because of so many other things that I can't talk about yet. They're still in the, in the presentation, but you're going to find a lot of just a lot of very interesting synergies just all over the place. All right. So in this seven month period, we're going to be having lots of revelation of Jesus Christ happening. That was the theme of our conference. That's one. Okay. The emphasis, if you listen to the conference, you're going to discover that the emphasis that was you know, regurgitated and emphasized, <laughs> emphasis that was emphasized, the emphasis that was repeated throughout the conference was on the building of the tabernacle of the body of Jesus Christ. The emphasis was on the building of the body as the tabernacle of the Lord, watching over the body of Christ, watching over this season of revelation that we are in. These were the things that were taught during that season. If you notice, immediately after the conference, I took a break and I kept on playing all the sessions from the conference one by one. We played the cloud sessions and then we played the, um, the, um, the, the live session, the one that we had on ground. If you listen carefully during that time, you're going to find a lot of ministers were all saying exactly the same thing. Amen. Beloved. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll be tied to thee. Amen. If there is no urgency in your heart. The whole point of this entire thing here is to sound a trumpet that something is happening, beloved. We are not just going to pretend like nothing is happening. We're not going to continue. The Bible says that during the days of Noah, days of law, people were marrying and giving a marriage. People were buying and selling. People were trading. All right. We are not going to be those people. Business is not going to be as usual. In the days of the coming of Son of Man, we have to be awake. He cannot come as a thief in the night to people in the church. If, if something this vibrant and this loud is not getting our attention, I feel sorry for you if you're expecting a trumpet in the sky. Amen. The traditional belief of the seventh trumpet is that there's going to be a loud sound physically that every human, every, every believer would hear. And they will be doing their life and their, all their work and imagine they'll be teleported to the heaven. And that, that's just not true. Amen. Because the truth is that the seventh trumpet is one of many. If you did not hear the first trumpet, you will not hear the seventh. I can assure you. I know the Bible says that we all will be changed. Let me tell you something, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. This is going to be very sobering, amen? Not every believer is going to experience that transformation at the rapture, amen? What we call the rapture is the resurrection of our bodies. Not every believer is going to participate in that first resurrection. It literally says in the book of Revelation, blessed are those who partake of the first resurrection. Not every believer is going to partake of that. Only the bride, it's called the wedding supper of the Lamb, only the bride will partake of that. And the bride is going to be able to partake because she has been listening to all of the other trumpets that have been sounding. Amen. Okay, let's keep this going. Hallelujah. Kevadul on the prophetic season. All right, we moved into our new site. We moved into our booth. We are still in our booth right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And we literally had a worship communion on the first day of the Feast of Booths. Hallelujah. We celebrated the Feast of Booths with seven days of quiet, except for Tuesday, which was the Feast of the Open Book. We literally, the only Crystal River session where we had a live teacher was Mama Session. And that was the Feast of the Open Book in synergy with the Feast of Tabernacles. Amen. The Feast of Tabernacles was called the Feast of the Open Book. All right. And if you, if you were a participant in our morning watches, if you pray with us every morning and every afternoon during our watches, we have watches every single weekday and we have watches as well on Saturday, okay? If you have participated, all right, in these things, in our watches, you know that one of the scriptures we have been praying with is Isaiah chapter 45, right? Okay, <laughs> all right? And you'll also notice, let me see, Psalm 118. I'm wondering what that is. Psalm 118 from verse 19 through 20. I think it's, is it the gates of righteousness? Verse 19 through 20. Yes, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them. I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and I'll become my salvation. I, I literally led this dream prayers this morning. Amen. 
But these two verses here are references to prophetic words that were given to us by um, fellow brothers and sisters in different ministries, okay? Basically, we got a prophetic word long before we moved by a, a, a brother of the house, Pastor Peter Bridgefield, right? He gave a prophetic word, and he saw the cave moving to a new place, and he prophesied and said, the Lord is going to give us wisdom strategies for successful movements, all right? And the word there was that Solomon's sons, as in sons of the beloved, that's what um, Solomon Jedediah means, right? Also sons of wisdom, all right? Wisdom for transitioning. That was one. The second thing that he emphasized, all right, I have that written right here, is something called the horse's gate. Hallelujah. This, um, I think right about here, I should probably stop because this is where Amy Thomas Davis will come in. Hallelujah. But basically during this season, Okay. Okay. Friends of the cave, I have it right there. Okay. Something called the horse's gate is open. All right. And the horse's gate is one of the first thing that we are meant to build in the cave. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to explain very briefly what the horse's gate is. All right. If you remember, how many of you have noticed that since you came to the cave recently, there has been a lot of emphasis on things like Ezra, Nehemiah. I mean, okay, well, we're building something physically. So I guess that's not, that's kind of cliche. So never mind. That's, what, that's not, that's not profound, unusual. It makes sense when there's construction happening. So, of course, those verses will come up. So, never mind. Okay. But there has been that emphasis, okay, on building according to pattern, on building according to the will of God. We've had these forever anyway, so it doesn't really matter. My point just being, though, that if you study the books of Haggai, Ezra, and Nehemiah, you're going to see emphasis on specific gates, like the fish's gate and the horse's gate. Hallelujah. There is a specific gate we're meant to build in our community right now. Amen. And it is called the horse's gate. And I'm going to open up some scriptures to paint um, more vividly what the horse's gate is. Amen. And it is a hard posture of refusing to negotiate. I think if you all create a beautiful portion of scripture that, you know, really mirrored that. Okay. Let me give, let me get some context here, okay? The right heart posture. We're almost done, beloved, we're almost done. It's so cool, because Papa's name, name on here is 12 Gates. <laughs> Good evening, Papa, welcome. <laughs> That's amazing. Hallelujah. Okay, um, let, me, let me see here. So we are looking at verse 28 here, okay? Well, you know what I wanted? I want to go a little, I want to go with context here, okay? So that we can have a little bit of a, uh, of a story going, of a narrative going here, okay? Um, the context for this scripture here is the killing of this woman, um, Athalia, um, one of Jezebel's um, foul sisters, right? It says here, um, the Methanim who dwelt in Ophel made repairs as far as the gates. Sorry, I'm giving the wrong context here. I am looking at the book of Nehemiah. This is not, I'm going, I'm going to a different story here, okay? I'm so, so, let, me just, let me just do a quick reset, okay? We are going to read a scripture, all right? I, I totally butchered everything that was about to happen right now, okay? We are going to read a scripture about Nehemiah's construction of the horse's gate, okay? And that is our, our, our first scripture we're going to touch down on before we go into the story of Italia, okay? I thought I was in Chronicles there for, for, for a second, and that got confusing. Okay, so we're going to look at um, this scripture here. It says, here, moreover, the Nethany, who dwelt in Ophel, made repairs, verse 26, made repairs as far as the place in front of the watcher gates toward the east and on the projecting tower. And then the Tekonites repaired another section next to the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. Beyond the horse gate, the priests made repairs each in front of his own house. Look at this. First of all, I said, oh, wow, this is powerful. Okay, Beyond the horse's gate, the priests made repairs. Each priest in front of his own house. Amen. Now, what this speaks of here is the building of the horse's gate. And the emphasis the scripture is pointing out here is that the horse's gate is built by every priest personally, your own personal consecration, okay? This is beyond the corporate consecration, okay? The horse's gate, gate is built corporately by us when privately we are building the gate in the secret place. It's a, it's a reference to our personal intimacy with the Lord, our bridal intimacy with the Lord, our personal fellowship with the Lord, okay? As we fellowship with the Lord, there is something that has been built collectively among us, and it is called the horse's gate. Now, I've explained this before, and I'm going to explain this later on um, on, on Wednesday during our um, Revelation Code series, 
where I, I go over the breaking of the seven seals and the release of the horsemen, the four horsemen, right? The red horse, the white horse, the, the black horse, the pale horse, amen? The conquering, the victory, the taking peace away from the earth, famine, the scarcity, and then death, okay? And I, I explained, I explained this last week, but I'm explaining again, okay, that when these horsemen are released, they are actually the chariots of fire. And what they come to do, first of all, is to attack worldliness on the inside of us. They come to deal with worldliness and everything that inspires it, whether internal or external, okay? And but after they're done dealing with those forces, they generate something called a whirlwind, amen? Once they release, once these operations of God are released, amen, they separate us, all right, from things that are not in our class. They, they sanctify us. And upon sanctification, they generate spiritual wind or momentum, all right? It happened to Elijah. Elijah knew he was about to be taken away. And the Bible says a chariot of fire came out of nowhere and divided Elijah from Elisha, okay? That is a picture of separation between them, all right? And this is a picture also of holiness, right? And once that separation was done, the momentum, the, 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 um, the what should we call it? The supersonic boom, right? The drift, the, the shockwave released by the momentum of, of, these, of these chariots, all right? cause or inspired levitation all right they left behind tornadoes literal whirlwinds were left behind after the chariots of fire left as soon as they left they left behind this whirlwind and this whirlwind trailed all right lifting elijah up into the heavenlies and he followed them all the way up so basically the chariots of fire all right they also inspire ascension spiritual ascension does that make sense so in other words as we destroy worldliness in our lives we're going to find inspiration to be levitated, to be caught up with the Lord. Does that make sense? Let me know if that is confusing, all right? But that's what we're seeing here with the horse's gate, okay? It says here, every priest is building the horse's gate in front of his own house. There's a lot more stuff I can get into for 5784 involving things with horses and chariots. I'm not going to get into that right now. More things with stars. I'm not going to get to that right now, amen? This is the major, I want to just step on these things right here. Maybe later on, if the Lord brings that emphasis back, we'll go into that in further detail. But I'm mentioning that because from horses, you can go into studies on the chariots of fire, the four winds of heaven, um, the, the four rivers of heaven, the four faces of the cherubim, and more things like that. Hallelujah. But I want to draw up the warfare element, all right, of the horse's gate against the forces of darkness. And we're going to see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 23 from verse 15. Hallelujah. It says here, this is speaking about Atalia. Let me start from verse 14. Jehoiada, the priest, brought out the captains of hundreds who were over the army and said to them, take her outside. Her here is Atalia. Maybe I should go one step sooner. Um, let me start from verse 12. Aha. When Natalia heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. Notice that she likes hiding in the temple of the Lord. Jezebel doesn't hide in the temple of the Lord. Jezebel creates false prophets that are clearly for Baal. Now, Baal is a, is a dark lord. The name Baal actually means Lord, just in case you don't you know that, by the way. So Baal was an alternative for um, Yahweh. They have the same name. Basically, it's when a child of God is claiming God's name without living his life. He's worshiping Baal. Okay? So Elijah came when Elijah came and said, do you want to worship Baal or do you want to worship God? He wasn't talking about idol worship as in, in a literal sense. He was talking about the lack of consecration unto God. That's why his name Elijah was what they yell. The Lord, as in God, Elohim is Lord. Elohim is God. Elohim is not Baal. Elohim is God. That's what Elijah means. That the one God we would worship is Yahweh. We are not going to worship Baal anymore. In other words, we're going to live our lives under the instructions of Yahweh. Amen? Okay. That is Jezebel. Jezebel um, um, is manipulative. But look, look here. When you, when you tolerate, when you allow Jezebel into the church, she has a form called Italia. Okay? One of her descendants. When Italia heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. Okay? <laughs> when she looked, there was the king standing by his pillar at the entrance. And the leaders and the trumpeters were by the king. All the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets and the singers with musical instruments and those who led in praise. So Italia tore her clothes and said, treason, treason. So when they're worshiping God, she was upset, okay? 
<laughs> Hallelujah. They're rejoicing because a new king was in place. And that king is Jesus, okay? Well, it was actually this young boy here, okay? And Jehoiada the priest brought out the captains of hundreds who were set over the army and said to them, take Talia outside under guard and slay with the sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, do not kill her in the house of the Lord. So they seized her and she went by the way of the entrance of the horse's gate into the king's house and there they killed her. Hallelujah. The horse's gate, all right, is the door through which Atalia will be killed. The consequence of this, Jehida made a covenant between himself, the people, and the king, that they should be the Lord's people. And all the people went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They broke in pieces its altars and images. I hope everyone has seen the picture here, Hallelujah, of what the horse's gate represents. The horse's gate is built by every priest in front of his house. And that speaks of your personal walk with God, your intimate walk with God. So let me explain like this, okay? You, you're not building the horse's gate by coming to meetings. You're not building the, the, the horse's gate by, um, by joining prayer retreats, amen? You're only building the horse's gate when you are faithful in your own personal walk with God. Does that make sense? Your own personal intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to end today's session um, by pointing to next week when we'll be looking at Amy Thomas's David's visions and a few other um, sessions that she's had. Please say that again. Okay, yes. You're, you only build the horse's gate. The horse's gate is what destroys the Talia in the church, okay, in our community, okay? We want to make sure that um, we don't give room, we don't tolerate that, that entity, okay? And the way we do that, okay, the way we, we shut that gate of hell is by our own personal walk with the Lord. It is not your personal walk with God, okay? It's not what you do when you worship corporately with brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? That has its place, and that is very important. I'm not saying you should not do that. I'm saying that make sure that when you're done doing that, you make sure you service your own altar with the Lord. Does that make sense? We are encouraged in this season to build our personal walk with the Lord. Amen. That is one of the, the wisdom keys, amen? The kingdom keys that has been given to us in this season, amen? If you choose to ignore it, you are going to eat the fruit of your actions, amen? Because usually whenever we disobey God, we, we don't have strength to disobey God in and of ourselves. We need assistance. Adam and Eve could not disobey God without Satan's help. So usually when we disobey God, we are allowing an evil spirit, all right, to have a say in our lives. And that is going to result in consequences. Does that make sense? Okay. I said it before that when a child of God, when, when, we, when we're sharing all these things in the scriptures, right? And we're saying all these things. If you are ignorant, your walk with God, and you don't know some of these things, all right? It's, it's almost better for you to never hear these things than for you to hear them and say, I don't want the reason why, because that thing that's saying I don't want is rarely ever really you, but it's an evil spirit, all right? Whenever you deny anything of God in your life, it is rarely you that is talking, amen? Because the natural response to God is hunger. The natural response to God is curiosity, is appetite, is adventure, amen? Hallelujah. So when you find yourself not desiring the things of God, amen, someone says it's strange. Everything about life is, was strange at one point in time. That is the truth. Amen? But whenever you're finding yourself being held back, always understand it is Satan at work. Amen? So the horse's gate is being built up. Okay, so let me just um, cut through here. Next week, we're going to be looking at Amy Thomas Davis's vision of Ed Watts, the vision of the day of the door. And we're going to be watching one or two ministration sessions that detail some of these things. Amen? I'm going to end um, by, again, you know, re, re, regurgitating wisdom's cry, all right? The Bible says in, uh, let me see, I have two verses here. I'm going to read the first one, Proverbs 1 from verse 20 through 21, amen? And it says here, wisdom calls outside. She calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates in the city, she speaks her words, amen? That's one scripture, Wisdom also cries out in Proverbs 8 from verse 1 through 21. We're going to read that real quick. Amen. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lifts up her voice? She takes her stand at the top of the high hill. 
beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city. All right. It is to you, O men, I call, and my voice is the son of man. Hallelujah. What, 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 is, what does this mean? Okay. Wisdom is crying at the gates. All of these gates I just mentioned now. Okay. The gates of brotherly love, the horses gates, right? The gate of, of, of the Revelations 4 gate, the Isaiah 40, 45 gate. All right. All these gates that have been referenced so far. Amen. Wisdom is crying out to all of them. Walk through. Come on in. Amen. Bible says in Psalm 118, open unto me the gates of righteousness and I will enter in. The Lord is beckoning us to come up hither and walk through the gates. What does that mean? Practicing brotherly love. Spending time with the Lord in a secret place. Taking spiritual things, right? Seriously. Giving them high priority. Setting your affections on things above. Amen. Looking out for the crooked places and partnering with the Lord in making the crooked paths straight in our lives. Hallelujah. This is wisdom's cry to us right now. She is at the gates, at the opening of the doors. Hallelujah. So that, beloved, is the second installation in our prophetic perspective on the season that we are currently in. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Hallelujah. This has been word for now. Hallelujah. Pastor Francis Seymour um, sends his love and his greetings. Um, want to appreciate um, you, Papa, for everything that you're doing in and for us. Or the Lord is doing through you in us and all that you're doing for us. Hallelujah. There we go. I think I phrased that correctly. Hallelujah. Um, don't forget that tomorrow is open book. That starts at 6 p.m. Amen. And then on Wednesday, we have Mysteries of the Kingdom. Hallelujah. That starts at 8 p.m. and runs through to 9 p.m. Okay. Um, Mysteries of the Kingdom. During that time, we're going to be having a different set of teachings. And it's um, our recently launched, we, we can call it, our recently launched um, Revelation Code series, right? Unveiling the Book of Revelations. Hallelujah. So um, please join us during that time if you can. And um, I think that's basically it. If you have any questions, I want to give room while the 5784 door is open. I'm going to do a quick countdown. If you have a question, just gesture, maybe a hand raise, a thumbs up or something so I can know to give time. And if I don't get a hand raise in the next three, two, one, and zero. Thank you all so much for joining us, beloved. I really hope you understood what was taught today. Um, again, we can have discussions about this, um, maybe on WhatsApp or whatever. But I want to thank you all so much for joining us again. Jesus loves you. Have a good night. Oh, I forgot. Sorry. There is the immersion. Please register for the immersion if you have not. Early bird pricing ends. It ends. Um, I'm not sure what day. I think it's either tomorrow or the day after or in two days. I think on Wednesday. Yes. So please, if you have not registered for the immersion, do so right away. All right. Love you all so much. Bye-bye.